before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, we're going to talk about um, Trump and the indictments. And he's going to have a fourth one soon by uh, this woman named Fanny down in Atlanta. Uh, basically a racist. And, um, and uh, how Trump is taken in stride obviously he uh is dealing with it but he says uh for one more indictment and uh i'll it'll assure my election and uh it's looking like that is true in the polls trump is way up and every time he becomes uh gets indicted he becomes more of a martyr and uh things tend to uh improve uh but but he's also it's the way he handles it Somebody said oh, in an interview over the weekend that if you really want to know uh, what a man is made of, see, see what the man can do under pressure. And I've always known that Trump was smooth under pressure. Uh, back in the 90s, his back was against the wall. The banks were coming after him. The casinos in Atlantic City were not doing well. And like a feather in his cap, he just pulled out something that nobody expected. And that was that he initiated an IPO of his brand, the Trump brand. And it generated like over a billion dollars overnight in market share. And it got him out of the jam. And I thought, wow, that, that was amazing. That, you know, that's getting yourself out of a corner, boxed in a corner. You want someone in that foxhole that can get yourself out of a jam. And that's what happened in the 90s. And I always knew that he was someone that can get himself out of a problem. But um, to see these problems mounting up the full force of the government, the shadow government, 
that's what we're going to learn. We're going to hear this uh, audio um, about the shadow government and how presidents are installed. We pretty much knew that. Anytime there's somebody that's uh, who the people really want or like, like a Reagan or even a Nixon, you know, where they win in overwhelming fashion. And I, I believe that, uh, I, I can't believe these polls that say that Trump and Biden are neck and neck at 43. That just, to me, that doesn't make any sense. We are a conservative country. I would, I would uh, guess that 60% of this country is conservative. And I would also guess that of the 40% that might be Democrat. I think there's at least 10% of that. And you, you can throw independence into that mix because independents have to be on one side or the other. They're, they're, then when they vote, they do. But I think that uh, at least 10% of the Democrats are, are dis, have disdain for what the Democrats have become. I mean, there was this graphic chart where you had the the uh, left and the right. It was blue. It was a blue to red line. And Elon Musk put it out, and he said, "Here's where I am." And you know, back about 20 years ago, he was left of center, but then it got wider, and the left just kept kept on growing, and then he became a little bit to the right, and then now he's still in the same particular vain he's still in the same place but the the party has moved farther and farther to the left to where now they don't even make any bones about it about uh, whether they're communist or not i remember when hillary clinton for example gave a speech i think it was at goldman sachs or something like that she gave a speech and it said that she supported open borders and she she was paid for that speech. It was a private speech. No one was supposed to ever record it. Somehow somebody got a recording of that speech. And this was probably like around 2012. Although it came it became apparent that she did gave the speech in 2015-16 in that election cycle. And people were like, "Wow." And she denied it. And now, you know, the Democrats are just outwardly supporting pedophilia and outwardly supporting. I mean, it's unbelievable where we are as a country right now. But somehow we are chipping away and making things right again as best we can. But we're fighting the biggest superpower in the, 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 in the history of the world, and that is the globalist movement, is has become the biggest threat, existential threat to, to mankind, to humanity, that we have ever seen. Worse than Hitler. And people aren't realizing it because of the way they're packaging and selling it. I, for one, for example, uh, and I'll give you an example of how we're chipping away, 
Uh, Leah Thompson. Uh, it says, "Do you support the world? Uh, the world swimming govern- governing body move move today to ban transgender athletes in women's sports?" Yes, of course. So, Leah Thomas uh, cannot swim as a woman in women's swimming in the Olympics. L- you know, cooler heads prevailed. But I, for one, you know, prefer digital uh, on just about everything. I have an uh, you know Alexa device, and and I have all these things that I I complain about. Almost makes me a hypocrite, right? But I mean, I I, I do. Like um, I never really walk around with cash, and as much as I hated that statement that Lori Lightfoot made about you know one of the ways you can. Uh, not get mugged is don't carry any 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 valuables. It's like that's not the right answer. That's the wrong answer. But it actually kind of makes sense. And I remember the other one too. I remember hearing this crazy, uh, out of the State Department, this crazy comment from uh, Jen Psaki. I think she was the spokesperson back in the Obama years, and she said what. Uh, the heat's driving them crazy, so she was blaming it on climate, the, the terrorism, the ISIS beheadings. Of course, we know that the ISIS was paid for, and there were paid mercenary groups to guard the oil, right? We've talked about that. But she said, oh, good jobs program. Put the uh, terrorists, yeah, well, they had a job. <laughs> they were called mercenaries. They were paid handsomely uh, to basically protect the oil on the black market they had a job so she was lying but um a good jobs program would would curb that you know they would do something else if they but they're paid to kill so they kill right or behead well the journalists you know were beheaded because they weren't allowed in the region because if the journalists reported what was actually going on in iraq it would be too much for the american public to handle the american public would revolt against its leadership because its leaders like Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney and all those people that were financed and leveraged in those conflicts, whether it be Mitt Romney with his sidekick, Kofor Black, his former CIA, who is former CIA. CIA is everywhere. Everywhere you don't want them to be, they're there. And I don't think they do great work. And I think we ought to get rid of it. I think we ought to get rid of USAID. They're spending your money getting, uh, greasing the palms of a bunch of warlords and getting kickbacks for politicians. And it's all in the, all in the, uh, in the uh, line of uh, diplomacy, diplomats, ambassadors, important people, red carpets and private jets and uh, Michelin dinners. It's sad while you are told that you have to eat bugs and live in 15-minute cities. It's crazy. It's a double standard like we've never seen. So we're faced with this, you know, two standards of justice, and we're paying for it. The thing is, is that this whole thing, this, this whole attack on Trump... Jack Smith has spent over $10 million now 
And that $10 million is coming out of your pocket. As much as you don't want, you see it and you know what's happening. It's the two standards of justice. The last thing you'd ever want to do is pay for it too. But that's exactly what you're doing. They're taking the money just like if you, you don't like abortions, right? Okay, so you don't want to pay for the abortion. But your tax dollars were going to the tune of $500 million once upon a time to Planned Parenthood, who was promising to deliver real services for women when all they were doing was abortions and selling body parts around the world. And they were taking your tax dollars to finance that operation. The Democrats seem to be masters at creating government policies because the government, they always want to spend your money in the fashion of a government. And you end up spending, you end up giving your tax dollars away to things you oppose. So Jack Smith is the latest thing that they're doing, right? And $10 million now, at least, where he just, all they're doing is research against Trump. It's called oppo research in politics. So they're spending $10 million that Biden doesn't have to raise against his political opponent to try to bankrupt him, take away all of his money, which isn't going to happen, but it's still taking money that he's fundraising, taking money away from commercials and getting directly in the middle of the primary season. We have a debate that's coming up in, I think, in this month. And so, you know, this is going to have a major impact on the election. It's election interference. It's oppo research. It's a distraction. And they're using your dollars to pay for it. And every time something happens with Hunter and the Biden crime family gets exposed for selling out America for personal profit, uh, you get an indictment. It's almost like clockwork, right? The very next day, they're, they're doing it to steal the news cycle, to give the media outlets something to talk about other than, say, Devin Archer. Whose testimony, by the way, was so damaging to the Biden crime family. Doesn't matter what Dan Goldman said. But what De- Devin Archer said to Tucker, I think is the worst. Uh, and we're going to listen to it here. We're going to listen to this Devin Archer clip. Pretty amazing. But let's take a listen. There's no corruption here at all. This is totally normal. Joe Biden had no role whatsoever in uh, in his son's business or knowledge of it. But right. How would, I mean, that seems... False. Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, I think that's that's categorically false. I think that what what the he was aware of Hunter's business. He met with Hunter's business partners. He, I mean, you found a letter that that illustrates that he knew me, and I he's thanking you. <laughs> he's thanking you for so, his efforts. So I think that was yeah. I think for your efforts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that a, that's a um, 
you know, that's that's not factually right. There's no corruption. So that right there, that statement alone. But then you have all these bank, these, these suspicious, suspicious transactions. 170 when James Comer said a bank might have one a year for all of its clients. The Biden crime family had over 170. How do you square that? So it's, 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 it's crazy. But I want to play this clip about this shadow government. And then we're going to play some clips uh, from Trump over the weekend, some of his attorneys, uh, and things that they have to say about this indictment that's coming down. And we have a lot uh, to present today. And, you know, we don't have enough time to play it all, but we're going to play a piece of this clip. This clip is too long, but it's so good that I wanted you to hear it. The shadow government. Because like Nixon and Reagan, they tried to, it was Herbert Walker Bush. I mean, do you think that Reagan ever really wanted Bush to be his vice president? Just like JFK, he hated Lyndon B. Johnson. Do you think he ever wanted Lyndon B. Johnson to be his VP? I think Lyndon Johnson, who fired, I mean, I can't stand the fact that we have a Dulles airport here in D.C. You know, Dulles um, Alan Dulles, right? Who I think was probably involved in the assassination of a president, and yet we have an airport named after him. It's crazy. <laughs> Dulles Airport. Um, and uh, where our studio is, is across the street from Reagan International. So, <laughs> you know, go figure. But, um, but when we fly international, we have to fly out of Dulles. It's kind of crazy. Um, but when you think about it, you have these, um, leaders, JFK was, uh, basically said something about, uh, dismantling the CIA and next thing you know, the CIA killed him. And we know that as clear as day. And, and then, and then you have, um, Nixon who wanted to find out about the CIA killing JFK and they started Watergate and they got rid of, they got rid of him and they did it by setting him up in a trap. And then you have, um, Reagan who the the guy that was a CIA chief is his vice president, Herbert Walker Bush uh, and 60, 63rd day of his office or 69th day. He wasn't in office for more uh, for less than seventy days, and um, Reagan's shot at, and they tried to kill him to install a CIA operative at, in the White House. They finally got him in Herbert Walker Bush, and then they didn't care because Clinton or Bush were, would have been okay. Either one, they were going to win either way because Clinton was already bought and sold compromised, insured, whatever word you want to call it. But this is where we are as a country. And then we got another Clinton, another Bush. I mean, these are the most evil people. And Jeb sits up there when he's debating Trump in 2015-16, says, you got to look Putin in the eye and you got to be tough. This is a tough job. This is serious business. Jeb Bush couldn't shine 
Trump's shoes, number one, and he's your establishment elite. And what I was saying in the beginning is you could tell a man by how tough they are, by what they're able to withstand and how they get themselves out of a jam. And Jeb Bush, nobody is tougher than Donald Trump for what he has been dealing with and what he has to do with a straight face and an upper chin, keeping his head held high, head up. But we have this shadow government that's crazy. And we're going to listen to just a part of this clip, but uh, you can go on to my social media, twitter.com slash Scott Adams show. I'm I'm basically Scott Adams show on Twitter and uh, at Scott Adams show. So check me out on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter because this is where I produce my show. I actually produce it on Twitter. I think they call it X now, but I'm calling it Twitter. But let's take a listen to this. To bring transparency. And uh, today I have uh, decided to bring transparency to what I would refer as to a shadow government that I've been very familiar with for the past 15 years. And if you want, I can explain to you what is a shadow government and what is... By the way, this is a... This is and, uh, to give you uh, today, an idea I, of who this guy uh, is. To He's a French billionaire. To what I would refer as to a- His name is Philip Philippe Argelier, 2021-2022 French billionaire intelligence information. A shadow government that I've been very familiar with for the past 15 years. And if you want, I can explain to you what is a shadow government and what has what he has anything to do or everything to do with the official government that you elect every four years in your country. Prior to you coming on, we spoke with Maria Zak, and I said to her, this sounds like a movie. This sounds fictional when we start throwing around words like shadow government. So yes, what is the shadow government and who's a part of it? Well, first, first it does sound, and I absolutely relate to the people thinking that this could be basically a bad B movie. But the truth is that this is real. This is real. The Shah government uh, is, uh, has been conducting your daily lives, and, and not only you, for close to 8 billion people on Earth. Shah government is simply a group of some people behind the scene that have worked very closely with official government to put geopolitical agreements directly affiliated to military interventions in the world, uh, only focused for a, a platform they, they only relate to. Um, what you ha- we have to understand, and for the people to understand on your show, a shadow government is extremely powerful, much more powerful than in any elected government. The shadow government is actually the one who put together the agenda of each new government. And you do have very powerful billionaires behind it, uh, some of them are American, very well known uh, to, um, uh, to all of the American people and all over the world. And they are being part of an agenda that is directly put together with them, for them, and not directly for the people of the world. And that's why I'm here for you, asking me why am I here for? This is very personal. This is uh, something that I do for myself, for my family, and it's the work of God. 
I uh, and I really honestly, Stu, if after our interview people say this is a bunch of whatever and we're not going to believe Philippe Archidier, it's fine. I don't really care. I know what I had to do and do, and my work is to give full transparency of what happens behind the scene. So, in a nutshell, what is the shadow government? Is the shadow government is a group of very rich, influential people around the world, some of which that are here in the United States, who control and manipulate the policies of world governments. That is what the shadow government is in a nutshell. Yeah, confirm this. One hundred percent. I do and and that and and what he's basically saying is that's what the World Economic Forum is all about, right? That's exactly what's going on there. The World Economic Forum is is taking the shadow government out of the shadows because one of the biggest problems is communication. Everybody getting on the same page uh, and, or you know, co- coordinating their efforts uh, with government, penetrating cabinets, penetrating government with their own um, personnel and taking over governments so that they have basically, you know, dirty cops on the inside of a police force. Or anything else, you know, they, any other metaphor that you want to use. But, you know, putting spies into, you know, or just basically your oper- operatives into the wheels of government. And they're systematically in powerful places. Sort of like when liberals only hire other liberals at the universities and then they wonder why it is that 98% of every one of their professors is a liberal. That wants to indoctrinate your children. Well, it's not not magic. It's that you're intolerant of any opposing view, even though you're an institution that's supposed to be about learning. So, you know, they um, ensure that the people that they hire are not going to be anti-globalists. They're going to be globalists. You're either with the globalists or you're against them. You're either indoctrinated or ready to indoctrinate others or, you know, it's like, I don't know, Scientology or any of those uh, things, you know, that people talk about, right? Like these uh, secret societies. It's all hush-hush. And it's no coincidence that, you know, the Bushes were part of the Skull and Bones and Yale and the Ivy Leagues and stuff like that. It's crazy. All right, so that's a shadow government. It's a, now, what are we talking about with regard to Trump's indictments? We're talking about the, the papers down in Mar-a-Lago. We're also talking about uh, J6 and the freedom of speech to complain about a rigged election. And that's what all this is about. You're not allowed to question the outcome of an election. If you're a conservative, if you're liberal, you can do it uh, like Stacey Abrams has or Hillary Clinton did. But you're not allowed as a person. And J6 was all about questioning the outcome of election peacefully. And patriotically is what Trump said. Now, Trump is petitioning, I think maybe today that uh, he's going to... um, petition to change for change of venue 
because he doesn't think he can get a fair trial where 98% of the uh, jury of his peers hate his guts because they're all libtards that live in D.C. And that the uh, attorney general from West Virginia has been pushing actively to have uh, be the venue for that trial. And it would make sense that, you know, a real prosecutor would want to have a fair trial to to rule out any other kinds of persuasion. But they won't do that because they want an unfair advantage. They hate Trump that much. So anyway, this is what, um, this is a never-before-aired footage from Tucker Carlson's interview with Stephen Sund, the former chief of the Capitol Hill Police, says J6 was crawling with feds. I don't know how you can actually blame J6 as an insurrection, number one, with no weapons, crawling with feds, and Mariel Bowser denied Christopher Miller, the acting Department of Defense secretary, said in committee that Muriel Bowser was given an option for National Guard assistance and rejected it and said her police could do the job by themselves. So you can't, you know, these are all things that are going to hurt the state's case against Trump. But let's take a listen to this. We had director that there were intelligence whatever you want to call them, operatives, people who were in contact with mm-hmm. the FBI were in the crowd that day, you know, not identified as such. Would that information have reached you? Would you know about that? So it, it, it's interesting you ask that because within a few days of January 6th, I had a media reach out to me and go, hey, you were FBI had undercovers in the uh, crowd. I was like, oh, no, they would have told me. I had, I had Steve Dano, they had watched the field office on a call the day before didn't say anything to me about it. And now to see that they allegedly, according to the GAO report, had 18 operatives in the crowd, that's a lot of operatives. So when you look at the intelligence, intelligence was handled differently than any of those big events that we talk about, especially for a big event that we see now, the threat stream that was associated with it. You know, whether it was IMF World Bank, you remember the, the 2000 Very, very IMF, well. Pretty I was there for that. Yeah. 2000, um, uh, the Bush inaugurations, the violence with that. Um, we would have had... An executive briefing with the FBI would have been called into a skiff. The, the, all the local chiefs saying, hey, this is the type of stuff we're seeing. There would have been a, what's called a jib, a joint intelligence bulletin pushed out. None of that was done this time. No conference call. I mean, it would have been, in, it would have been usual for FBI to host a, a regional conference call. But you think 18 is a lot for that kind of event? I, I think so. I mean, I, I was heading so in the fact that we weren't aware. And I think DHS is now saying they had a number of... Uh, uh, HSI, Homeland Security Investigations, uh, people in there as well. So sounds like a number of the intelligence agencies had resources. Now, the audio on that is just not we're not good, but uh, so we're going to stop it. But you get the idea, 18. And what does that say about Bill Barr? And Bill Barr, again, denied election interference or election fraud, uh, and uh, you got to underst- you got to understand that it seems like everybody that was doing these dirty deeds on J six that were in in high power were going against the commander in chief that hired them. I mean, unbelievable, 
really, when you think about the, this level of corruption. So in over 30 years as a police officer, Sun says he never seen that number of undercover agents across multiple government agencies for similar events. And remember the other one, too, like 17 intelligence agencies couldn't possibly be wrong. And, and 50 uh, former intelligence agents um, said it was Russian uh, disinformation, the uh, laptop from hell. So, I mean, you know, it's unbelievable. All these people are liars. This is how corrupt this government is. It's everywhere you turn. And these are just things we can prove. Like, these are things that we know that they can't hide anymore. Trust me, we would never know if we weren't pushing so hard for for the truth. But that's what we're doing every day here, right here on this show. Let's take a listen to Donald Trump. The only civil rights that have been violated in this matter are my civil rights and those of the countless people that Biden and the communists have been persecuting. And they are communists and they're Marxists and they're, they're people that don't get it. They get it. They, you know, they're vicious and they're smart. But we're smarter and we're tougher than they are. And we're going to take it back. And we have no choice because otherwise we're not going to have a country left. All right. And we're going to listen to we have two more Trump clips, I believe. I wrote this tweet. Jack Smith has spent over 10 million in oppo research against Trump. On behalf of Biden and in typical Democrat fashion, conservative taxpayers are paying most of that bill. This is real election fraud. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we have some more Trump clips, and then I'm going to get to... Oh, this is what Trump said um, on J6. This is one of the things. He also said, patriotically and peacefully protest. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election. But we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. Wow. Sounds sounds like a real madman, right? No, I mean, it's crazy what they make up. Uh, They make all this stuff up. Let's take a listen to this. But in the other case, it's free speech. This is in Charleston, South Carolina over the weekend. He said this. Not ever criticize or look after election. Once that happens, you have tyranny. We can't look at elections. We cannot criticize. Well, Hillary Clinton criticized and all of these. Stacey Abrams still hasn't conceded. I mean, all of these people criticize. I mean, you would have half of Congress right now in jail. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. He is criticizing the election. 
And let me tell you, there's a lot to criticize, which you'll find out over the coming weeks. Isn't it terrible that a political opponent, though, can haphazardly charge you with a fake crime in the middle of your campaign in order to interfere with your time, your money, your message, and there is nothing you can do in theory to stop this travesty of justice? Isn't that a shame? But in the other case, it's free speech. It is a shame. Shame on the Biden crime family. The cheats at elections would make it illegal to question those elections. That's the only ones that would really make it difficult. If you can't challenge a rigged election, think of it. We're not looking to do it. We want, you know, they don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. It's a disgrace. But only a party that cheats at elections. Yeah, right? Only a party that cheats is the one that wants you to remain quiet. Um, they're already lying and getting caught. Uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith's January 6th indictment has the country's attention, but looming in the background is a shocking admission by Mr. Smith's team about making false statements in court. This is, this is huge. So here is Mr. Jack Smith. He's the special counsel over at the Department of Justice, who is currently pushing forward several of the indictments against President Trump at the federal level. And while most of the country's attention has been laser focused on Mr. Jack Smith's most recent January 6th related indictment, well, there was actually some shocking development in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case. That's because three days ago, Jack Smith's team had to admit to a federal judge that they had actually made false statements in court during their case against President Trump. Specifically, their admission came in the form of this court filing right here. And within the pages of this document, these Justice Department prosecutors, they acknowledged that despite what they had told the court previously, they had actually failed to turn over all of the evidence to Trump's legal team as is required by federal law. And if you thought that was interesting, well, hit that subscribe button. Okay. All right. There it is. That was a guy from the Epoch Times who I've written for. And I've also, I'm writing... Uh, a lot of articles over at AARP. They're trying to uh, launch a uh, conservative uh, news n- newsletter called uh, Experience Counts, and they are. Uh, it's a good paid gig that's uh, uh, helping you know helping us. So uh, I'm writing for them as well, and I'll be sharing more about that in uh, the coming weeks. Uh, where you can f- find those writings that I'm writing about. Um, all right, so um, here's another Trump clip. Crooked Joe Biden cares only about enriching his own family. I care about enriching your family. Great sound Crooked bite. Joe Biden cares only about enriching his own family, as you probably have heard. I care about enriching your family. I gave up a lot to do this job, I'll tell you. I gave up a lot. To deal with these thugs. You know what I get? Because I've done a good job, I get to deal with thugs. Crooked Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It, D.C. is the is the swamp, for sure. So here's Trump's attorney, John Lauro, and this is what he had to say. President Biden, in April of 2022, said he wanted President Trump prosecuted, and he wanted him out of the race. He repeated that in November of 2022. Uh, As a result, President Biden has put in motion 
a political prosecution in the middle in the middle of an election season and obviously everything is open to politics i'm not involved in politics i'm just representing a client i'm ensuring that justice is done in this case president trump is entitled to his day in court and he'll get it all right and then here is john laurel again in it with uh regarding pence What's your response? Mike Pence will be one of our best witnesses at trial. I read his book very carefully. And if he testifies consistent with his book, then President Trump will be acquitted for these reasons. Number one, Mr. Pence recognizes that John Eastman, who was giving legal advice, was a renowned legal scholar. Number two, Vice President Pence recognized that there were discrepancies and fraud in connection with the election. He wanted it to be debated on Capitol Hill. Mr. Trump wanted it to be debated in the state legislatures. But what, make no mistake about it, based on what Vice President Pence will say, the government will never be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that President Trump had corrupt or criminal intent. And that's what this case well, is what about. Mike Pence is saying. This John Laurel guy is all business. He is a serious attorney, serious guy. The government must prove beyond a reasonable doubt that President Trump had criminal intent. What Mr. Pence is saying in his book, and if he's consistent in his book, is that Mr. Trump, President Trump, did not have criminal intent. He certainly disagreed with him as a constitutional matter, but he not once suggested, even till today, I've never heard him say that he thought that President Trump acted uh, criminally. I think if I ask him on cross-examination, he's going to say it's shocking that the Biden administration brought this as a criminal. Well, we'll case. see what he the government must- see, see, the criminal uh, aspect of it is it goes to intent, and it's quite important. So Alina Haba is another attorney for Trump, um, and uh, let's take a listen to what she had to say here. This is not America. This is not how you fight your political opponents because you can't win on issues and you can't win on policies. Your borders are going to hell. We have drugs and pandemic. I mean, it's a mess. Our country is a mess. So what do they do? They arrest Trump over and over again to distract you from the corruption that's happening inside the Biden administration and the policies that they can't win on. I think that that is what this is. If anything, it's an indicator of how strong Trump just is, right? And the polls, of course, speak to it. But when they come at you in such an unwavering way, in such an un-American way, an unprecedented way, you know that they're afraid. And I think that you know him personally, Maria. He's a strong person. He's also uh, very much in love with this country, and, and they're not going to stop him. What is president? And she also went on to say, if they think that they're going to outspend him, uh, he's financially strong enough to weather the storm. So... Here's uh, Christopher Miller, who said under oath that President Trump did approve the National Guard and the D.C. mayor refused the order. Let's take a listen to this. A couple of questions. Mr. Miller, I know that you said earlier that you were in contact with uh, or you received a request from Mayor Bowser with respect to National Guard troop. When did you receive um, that request from Mayor Bowser? December 31st, 2020, spent the week and going over it to finalize the plan with the D.C. National Guard and the uh, Department of the Army and Army staff. At what point did you and, and President Trump actually have a discussion on this request from Mayor Bowser? 
I had a meeting with President Trump on the 3rd of January concerning some international threats. And at the very end, he asked if there were any requests for National Guard support. And I informed him of Mayor Bowser's request. Mr. Miller, to, be, to clarify that point, did you tell the president about the mayor's request or did President Trump ask if there were requests? He asked if there were requests. What was the president's response to you? with regard to the request made by Mayor Bowser? Fill it and do whatever was necessary to protect the uh, demonstrators uh, and uh, that were executing their constitutionally protected rights. Okay. And what happened in response to with Mayor Bowser? What, what happened uh, when you notified her that her request had been fulfilled? What did she do with that information? I, I don't know. Did Mayor Bowser ever follow up after the after the agreement from the president to provide support actually asking for that support to be deployed i know there was that five january letter that was referred to uh, earlier that uh acting ag rosen referred to um, oh this is the letter um age acting ag rosen this is the letter in which mayor bowser basically declined support is that is that correct well, well, indicated that she thought that the, the police had things in hand and did not need additional support at that time. Boom. Um, that is actually quite an important sound clip because that's the heart of the case right there. And if you go on social media, this stuff, this is uh, being heavily debated right now. Um, and that's why I shared it with you because it's absolutely an important piece of testimony there um, for what's happening. The same people that are prosecuting Trump act out like this. This is a, a classic Schumer. And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Head of the Senate. You Chuck won't Schumer. know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. You won't know what hit you. And, of course, then they went out and picketed around their house. It's crazy. So you got Hunter Biden. Um, let's take a listen to some of the sound clips uh, related uh, that came out over the weekend related to what they got on Hunter. Let's take a listen. Well, for me, the evidence is most damning is what happened with Burisma. Hunter Biden goes on the on the on the board simply because he's the conduit to Joe Biden. There is a there is a conference call, a business meeting at Cafe Milano where Joe Biden just shows up there with some of the Burisma executives. There's a board meeting in Dubai in 2015 where they look at Hunter Biden and say, hey, we need help from D.C. Make the call. Three months later, Shokin, the, the, the prosecutor in Ukraine, is fired. And Joe Biden brags about using or withholding a billion dollars in U.S. aid, putting pressure on Ukraine to get the prosecutor fired. That's an open and shut damning case of bribery with respect to Joe Biden when he was vice president of the United States. You add in the fact that you have Yelena Baditarina, the, 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 the widow of the Moscow mayor, how she paid $3.5 million to Hunter Biden and to Devin Archer, and as she's left off the sanctions list when, when uh, Vladimir Putin invades Ukraine, this stuff stinks. There's some of the evidence, and we got a lot more. Yep, and uh, that's per pretty powerful. And then here is Marjorie Taylor Greene in the same segment. 
Byron walked you through so much of the evidence that is clear and present for anyone to see, the American people, the entire world. We have done a lot of work on the Oversight Committee, and in our investigations, not only have we uncovered a 1023 form outlining a $5 million bribe to then-Vice President Joe Biden, but we also read thousands of pages of SARS reports in the Treasury Department showing clear proof of uh, alleged crimes, and those were from bank reports. Then we subpoenaed bank statements, and we looked through the bank statements, and we have clear evidence of wire transfers from countries all over the world, China, Ukraine, Romania, going into these dozens of LLCs. And the Bidens aren't selling products. The Bidens aren't selling a service. You can't buy, you can't buy the Biden brand off the store um, on a shelf. But you know what? Powerful people and businesses all over the world were buying the Biden brand right through Hunter Biden. And Devin Archer confirmed that for us just this past week in his transcribed interview saying that Joe Biden was on the phone more than 20 times with these business partners and that Joe Biden himself is the brand. And Maria, now we have a letter all the way back in 2011 from Joe Biden himself directly to Devin Archer mm. saying that he was sorry he didn't get to meet with him. He was with the president of China and that he's happy that Hunter and Devin are working together. This is proof that Joe Biden has lied repeatedly to the American people that not only has he always known about his son Hunter's business dealings, but he's been very involved to the, to the level that he has been in conversations with his Fight. business partners many, many times. Yeah, so I saw the letter. Do we have a picture of that letter? It is on Vice. All right. So here we got one more thing. Uh, this is great. Uh, this was the million dollar question for me. Uh, and this was this question about uh, right at the end of the hour long interview with Devin Archer that Tucker had that's on YouTube. And let's take a listen to this. I'm hoping that I can cue this up. You know, it was, uh, he was, for the initial part of our, you know, the 10 year of our relationship and business partnership, it was, um, he was, he was sober. So there was kind of business decisions, not a business that were forward spiral and then rebirth. Only you said you were taken out. Do you think you were taken out? No, I, I, I just, I can't comment on that. It's an ongoing case. So. Probably not out of the realm of possibility, one suspects. Uh, Devin Archer, thank you. Well, yeah. you know, it was... Uh, yeah. Yes. Not visually, but... Right. <laughs> Wait. Not a single I'm, naked picture of you with that <laughs> laptop. Not, okay, no, I, I can't find it. But, okay, he asked the question. Here's the question he asks. And it was a really great question. And uh, it's about art. Yeah. You know, Hunter's on to, to better things. So, yeah. Um, well, he's, a, well, he's an artist. Right he's here. An artist, yes. This is it. And I'm not going to offer any reviews of Listen his, to this uh, question. Work, but I just have to ask, like, in the many years that you spent, the 10 years you spent with him, did he evidence any interest in painting? Uh, not, no, not particularly. But he was, he was very, you know, he was a very well-read um, a student of history. So he, he was far more interested in, you know, uh, art, I wouldn't say artistic ventures, but certainly not painting. That was a surprise. It was a surprise. Yeah, it was a surprise. What is that? I mean, I think that after looking at the portfolio of our experiences, yes. I, I might do the same thing. You might do the same thing. Because, I mean, you know, it's just, I mean, it's a, 
that's a long haul for sure covered with tragedy and, yes yeah. so devin archer registered independent uh worked on the Kerry campaign a lifetime liberal probably uh really nice guy and came across a lacrosse player, got a lacrosse scholarship to go to, or some sort of a scholarship. That's how he got into Yale. And uh, he married, uh, he, he knew his wife when his wife was, uh, you know, be, before she was born, when uh, her mother was pregnant, was babysitting Devin Archer, who was a year older than uh, than his wife. So they've known each other since nursery school, you know. So really neat guy. They they didn't know each other, Hunter Biden. They didn't know Hunter Biden. Uh, he, they didn't know each other until about 2009, 10. And basically Hunter Biden uh, was limited as a lobbyist once his dad became vice president. So they used this Rosemont Seneca as like a shell front to basically allow him to be a strategic advisor, which is a lobbyist without having to register. And so they didn't know each other for that many years. They weren't like lifelong friends or college buddies or anything like that. But I always ask this question about Hunter's art because when I look at it, I'm like, the art's not that bad, you know? And I'm like, but there's never been a picture of Hunter doing the art. Like, no one's ever seen Hunter painting. And so he was asked this question by Devin Archer, someone who would know. Like, where's his studio? Where does he art? Have you ever seen him? Never was he ever interested in art. And all of a sudden, he's got this gallery of work. You know, when is he finding time to do it? Because he's photographed naked everywhere, doing crack everywhere, high as a kite everywhere. And all of a sudden, he's got all this art. And I'm like, who is the ghostwriter? You know, who is the ghost artist? Um, And he's selling this art to bundlers for $500,000 a piece? That's laundering 101, folks. That's another Biden crime family crime, right? And uh, it was my question. Nobody would ever ask the question, where's your studio? Do you have any photographs or videos of you doing your art? Show me how you do it. I don't think he's an artist. I think it's all fake. And the media doesn't have one ounce of curiosity to ask that question. But Tucker did. I thought it was a great question. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show. Uh, We have a big China piece we're going to do tomorrow, uh, how China is spying on America and what's at stake with our uh, adversarial relationship with China. And that's going to be tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. And uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Scott Adams show. Be sure to check out magapack.org find out how we're advancing america first policies to make america great again this show is commercial free thanks to your donations over at magapack.org so if you want to uh make a donation but keep this commercial free that god bless you and use red state as over at mypillow.com we'll see you next time on the radio bye everybody 